Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. I told you in the last episode that I wanted to change up the mood of my channel just for the month of February. February is widely known as the month of love, and I wanted to take some time to dedicate a few stories to loved ones that we have lost. Sometimes our loved ones are not yet ready to leave, so they like to linger around to make sure that we're still doing okay and we're healthy and well. Sometimes, because we can't let them go, they too also cannot let go. Again, I ask you to be respectful of these stories as they are true stories shared by people who trusts Mix in the Dark and its listeners. Feel free to send positive thoughts to the owners of the stories through comments, shares, and likes. Please enjoy. This story is about my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law is not like any other. She was diagnosed with Rett syndrome at a young age. If you're unfamiliar, Rett syndrome is a genetic disorder that affects your growth and ability to walk. This disorder led her to her second diagnosis of cerebral palsy which is a disorder that causes muscle stiffness. I'm pretty sure that just hearing my sister-in-law's diagnosis will probably give away the family. But for the public's sake, let's call her Daisy. Taking it back to when I was still in my dating phases with my husband, I stayed over a lot. Actually, I stayed over so often that you can say I basically lived with them. Daisy's day included laying in bed or hanging out in her wheelchair by the TV. Daisy couldn't walk nor talk. She had limited movements because her arms and legs curved in due to the disorder. She had adult briefs on and needed changing about three to four times a day. When taking baths, it would take two people to do it, one to scrub and the other one to hold her so that she wouldn't slip off of her bath chair. I would consider myself a pretty active person. I always felt bad that I was born healthy. I was society's definition of normal and was able to do whatever I wanted. Daisy, on the other hand, couldn't walk nor talk, so we never knew what she enjoyed or didn't enjoy. We never knew if she was able to understand us either. Unfortunately, Daisy's older sisters are all married and they had their own lives. They had their own families to tend to and they had their own responsibilities. So that left Daisy and her little sister to be in the care of my boyfriend. Not to say that their parents didn't love them, but they were not in the picture due to other reasons. I stayed with the family and every so often, I would urge my boyfriend to take Daisy with us to the park for a walk or a picnic. Eventually, it led us to taking her fishing every so often, visiting our local zoo every so often, playing music with her every so often, and watching movies with her every so often, without knowing if she actually enjoyed them. We even signed her up for her first 5k run. Well, we wheeled her all the way to the finish line, but it was a very special day. 
I eventually married my boyfriend, who is now my husband, and it gave me the new responsibility of checking up, cleaning, and feeding her when he couldn't. My husband's little sister eventually turned 18 and was able to take care of Daisy. They shared a room with each other and she became the main caretaker while my husband worked night shifts. One week, I don't know what happened, but we all had fever-like symptoms that made us really sick. Because Daisy was immunocompromised or she had a weak immune system, she got it the worst. Around the time of us all getting sick, my husband had this dream about his cousin who passed away a few years ago. My husband was at a playground and he saw his cousin. In his dream, his cousin smiled, turned around, and disappeared. Usually when family members are going to pass away, my husband tends to dream of relatives who have already passed. According to the elders, when deceased relatives visit in dreams, they are there to guide and comfort the sick person so that they would not have to go on their journey alone. One evening, I decided to check up on Daisy since I knew that my sister-in-law was sick. Daisy didn't look good. She was naturally a pale girl, but this time she looked extra, extra pale. Her lips were blue and I could tell that she was having breathing troubles. Thinking that it was her lungs acting up because of all the sickness in our house, I gave her an albuterol nebulizer to see if I could open up her lungs. When I saw that it wasn't working, I grew worried. I called my husband and told him to come home quickly because I was scared that something is wrong with Daisy. He replied that he is driving and will be home in just 10 minutes. My husband knows her best because he's been taking care of her since she was young. In the back of my mind, I knew that we needed to go to the hospital. I started to pack some of her clothes in preparation for the hospital. My husband got home, took one look at Daisy, and said we needed to go. When we got to the emergency entrance to check in, the nurse checked Daisy's oxygen to blood level. It was extremely low, so they immediately called a doctor for help. Everything felt like a blur after. I will never forget when Code Blue was called over the intercom and seeing doctors, nurses, respiratory care specialists run to Daisy's room. Code Blue at a hospital means a patient is in cardiac or respiratory arrest. They eventually transferred Daisy to the ICU. The doctor came out and asked us whether or not we wanted to intubate Daisy in the event that an intubation was needed, and whether or not we wanted them to perform CPR in the event that Daisy goes into a cardiac arrest. I watched my husband's face drop. I studied respiratory care in school, and I know that when someone has to be intubated, it is not a good sign. It means that Daisy would need a machine to breathe and do the work for her. We called my sisters from out of state and his parents for help with the decision. They bought a plane ticket to land the next evening. The dilemma that we were given was that if we chose to save her in the event that an intubation or CPR was needed, it could possibly damage her so much that she may go into a vegetative state. Or we can say, do not intubate or perform CPR, and we could let her go peacefully, thinking about her quality of life. 
When doctors ask us to think about her quality of life, they mean, will she be the same person after the intubation or CPR? Honestly, we couldn't decide and we didn't want to decide. Even with all of her diagnosis, she was well-loved in the family and it was difficult to think about letting her go. My husband and I never left the hospital that night. My husband's married sister, who lived close by, came that night. I left around 4 in the morning to shower and take a nap before going to work at 7. During that nap, I dreamt about Daisy. I dreamt that Daisy could walk and talk. She was smiling and held a suitcase in her left hand, and she told me that she was going to go on a vacation. I woke up a little panicked because it was already time for me to go to work. I eventually forgot about that dream. Later after work, I came straight to the hospital. I learned that Daisy had been intubated. That means a machine is now breathing for her because she was too weak to do it by herself. It was an extremely difficult and tiring week. My schedule was work and then straight to the hospital every day. We gathered family members who came and stayed for hours and hours with us because we didn't know what was going to happen. Daisy had never had such a severe illness before. A few days have passed, a doctor came by over to the family and explained the situation. He said that at this point, Daisy's lungs and heart will not be able to function by itself with the machine off. That day, they made the decision to let Daisy go. I finally told my mother-in-law about my dream that week. I felt it gave her some peace in her heart that Daisy came and told me that she was going to go on vacation. The funeral came shortly after. My father-in-law is a respected Qing player at a funeral. The Qing is a Hmong bamboo instrument usually used to play at funerals to guide the deceased in the afterlife to where they need to go. At funerals, the nya or daughters-in-law of the immediate family is asked to stay by the deceased's body the entire day. If a break is needed, someone will switch out for 15 minutes or so, but they must come back to watch the body. Historically, this became a thing because bad people used to attend funerals to rob the deceased body of its riches or do other things that are considered disrespectful to the family toward the deceased person. The daughter-in-law's job is to protect the body while traditional rituals to guide its spirit are still happening. Because I was one of the two daughters-in-law of the family, I stayed by Daisy's side for the entire funeral. My counterpart or the other daughter-in-law had her own personal family situations to tend to, so left me often by myself with Daisy. Hmong funerals usually last three days and three nights, but my father-in-law thought that because Daisy was still young, we would make the funeral happen for just one day and one night. He chose young, high school-aged boys to play ring for Daisy's funeral. He believed that this would make Daisy happy to have some brothers play for her. All went well and the funeral ended the next morning. It was strange and so empty to go back home without our sister. A year has passed now. 
we still visit Daisy on her birthday and holidays. This year, my husband, sister-in-law, and I traveled to her parents' house for Christmas. I had a dream that Daisy was trying to find us. She asked me where we went. I told her that we were visiting her parents and that she can find us there. She smiled and said, that sounds good. She also told me not to be afraid of her because she is usually around my little sister-in-law that used to room with her. My sister-in-law and Daisy shared a bond with each other. They are both the youngest and she took really good care of Daisy. I don't know why Daisy only comes to me in dreams and not to her family members, but I'd like to think that she trusts me to take care of her family. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I'm your host, Ma Ying. Mix in the Dark podcast is available on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, and Facebook. If you have any stories that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. <laughs>